Welcome to the world of culture pop with Steve Mason and Sue Kalinsky. Culture, comedy, movies, TV, tech, authors, trends, pop, pop. This is the Culture Pop Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason along with Sue Kalinsky. Sue, how you feeling? I am feeling wonderful, Steve. Excellent. Well, you love the fall. Uh, the fall is like the best time of year. You get baseball playoffs, you get the NFL going on, you get uh, NBA starting, all that stuff. But there's also all kinds of pop culture stuff that happens. And uh, right now we're going to cover everything happening in pop, pop culture now through the end of the year. And joining us is media personality, Mako and Lovu. Mako, how are you? I am doing great. Super excited to be with you guys. Thank you for having me on. We don't normally have return guests, so you should feel, <laughs> I, want, I want you to feel very special because you're on for the second time. Well, thank you so much for that, uh, that added pressure. I do feel special, but the pressure is definitely on. I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. Cool. So I want to start with a, game, a show that I'm not watching, but everybody else yeah. apparently is. And Sue, did you uh, watch an episode of Squid Game? I did. Okay. So Squid Game, 111 million viewers on Netflix. It's reached phenomenon level. What am I missing, Mako? You're missing everything, Steve. I have told my friends, my family, I've shouted about it on social media. Everybody needs to watch this series. So I'll give you a little bit of backstory. The creator, the person who wrote this, right, intended for it to be a movie. But they got rejected over and over again, and they made it into a series. And let me tell you what, all nine or ten of those episodes are incredible. We can all resonate and relate with any single one of these characters. It's all about these characters who are sort of, quote unquote, I don't want to say tricked, but they're playing this game. And at the end of the game, they're hoping to win a pile of money. What they don't realize is that there are life and death consequences to playing this game. And I think the reason it's resonated so much with us. One, it's an authentic story in the sense that, you know, we're hearing perspectives from people all around the world, right? So this is a Korean uh, person who wrote it and directed it featuring Korean and North Korean actors. So it's a fresh perspective, but especially after dealing with the pandemic, we can all sort of relate to not having enough money and seeing how these big companies toy with our emotions. It's great. I'm curious to know, Sue, what you thought about it since you watched one episode. I was I was a little nervous to watch. Well, I wouldn't say nervous. I was I I know that it was very very violent because I yeah. watched the trailer. And I usually don't like to watch or read anything about a show because I want to be completely surprised. So I didn't really know anything about it. But I, my niece said to me, um, "You got to watch it." She says, "I don't know if it's really your kind of show, but watch it." And and like what you said. It really resonates because it isn't just violence for the sake of violence. I mean, there is an underlying story here. And like you said, the whole, I mean, everybody's financially compromised. So everybody who plays this game is kind of in the same boat. But I loved the the backstory that they they play in the beginning about what Squid Game was to this to him as a, as a kid. And um I just found it to be so, so compelling. And Steve, you know, it's funny how, you, you know, you, you, I know it's not your kind of show. Yeah. And it's also subtitles. Oh, so no, I don't I, mind reading a show. <laughs> okay, you, you said that you don't like reading a show. It's, it's hard to read a show. It's not as much fun to read a show. But, but I know people, someone told me the other day that they didn't watch it with subtitles. They, they watched the dub version. That's and right. they said that the, the dialogue 
is different because it was kind of it more of it was more of an interpretation of what the person said hmm. than what they actually said. And in some cases, it really was off the mark from yes. from the Korean, you know. So uh, so I, I'm I'm doing it with subtitles. See, I'm just not. I can't watch violent stuff. I can't watch scary stuff. When I was a kid, I loved all that stuff. You know, like I I would watch Halloween, which we're going to talk about, which is which is coming out. Michael Myers and all that stuff. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. I'd watch all those movies. Now I don't like watching stuff that's really violent. And I just I I don't know anything about the show except everybody's watching it and it's really violent. And I don't think I'm going to give it a shot. Because you're a wuss. <laughs> Let me try just one last time. Okay, the violence, I'll agree with you. It is quite a bit. I don't really like seeing blood. I can't watch stuff like that before I go to sleep, but it's the storytelling. So I watched an entire 20 minute video of this guy on YouTube break down all the different Easter eggs that are in the series. When I tell you these writers put so much thought, it's so meticulous, it's so well written, the character development, who you root for. Steve, here's a tip. Just fast forward past the bloody scenes. Close your eyes like this. That's right. what I did. It's right. okay. And it just gets to the meat of the story. It, it's it's worth the watch. It's one of those that stays with you for a long time. So part of the issue at my house is that uh, we watch TV together. Um, yes. And so you've got to sell the other person on the show. Like I, So my partner, Juan... Uh, who we've been with, you know, for 16 years. Um, I, both of us have to buy in to be able to Got watch it. it. And I can't sell him on Squid Game. So I'm probably out on Squid Game no matter what. Now, I don't know. If, Sue, are you in that position with Tom? Um, no, because whatever I say rules. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. You, you rolled the it. roost. No, I you know, he'll, if I really want to watch something, um, he'll watch it with me. And if he doesn't, he won't. And, and he's fine with me watching it by myself. Look, I, I, I live with a guy who likes to watch cops. Okay. So I leave the room. <laughs> so you'll watch orange, stuff. Orange, orange, or I change the channel. So you'll watch stuff solo. Yes, I will. Yeah. I, I, I like to have both of us uh, invested in a show. So, okay, let's do some Ted Lasso, which uh, just finished its season. And the one big concern I had about this year on Ted Lasso was that there didn't seem to be a villain. Like last year, there was clearly a villain. Uh, uh, the Hannah Waddington, who played the owner of the team, was kind of at odds with Ted and wanted him to fail and all that stuff. This year, there wasn't really a villain, except one emerged. Nate is a complete asshole. <laughs> Spoiler alert, huge spoiler alert. I'll be honest with you, Stephen Sue. I'm at the tail end of season one. I was sort of a late watcher to the whole Ted Lasso thing. Oh, no. I, really did I spoil it for you? It's okay, because guess what? I'm still going to watch it because I am so in love with Ted Lasso and Nate and everybody else, even if they ultimately are a villain. I'm from the Midwest. I was born in Africa, but raised in the Midwest. So I resonate with that kind of Ted Lasso. Where in the Midwest were you raised? In Indiana. Oh, see, I grew up in Toledo, Ohio, so we were very close. We're very close. So we know those guys that we meet at the Walmart, that we meet at the, you know, if you're going to pick up your siblings in school, like in the area, those community guys that are just really nice, lovable, and you just root for them. So even if there is no villain, I'm okay with that. I'm still invested. It's the only reason why I got the Apple TV subscription. So wow. worth it. Sue, did yeah. you like Ted Lasso? I did, and I love what they did with the Nate character. Yes. 
because it kind of felt like it was building a little bit. Yes. With him. And, and I liked it, that it was kind of a slow burn. You know? So we've kind of totally spoiled the show for Mako. Absolutely well, not. Well, you don't know what, what, what happens. I mean, you know. You, you know Nate's know an happens. asshole. Um, all right. Uh, so let's go on to morning show. I'm digging morning show a lot. Um, it's totally fascinating. It's kind of turned into Jennifer Aniston's character versus Reese Witherspoon's character. Sue, what are you, what do you think of the morning show? I think it's great. But Billy Crudup, I, I think, is He's phenomenal. He's fantastic, yeah. He is phenomenal. I mean, there are certain subtleties with his performance that are just brilliant. But, I, you know, I was surprised that Steve Carell is on the second season because I, I heard he was only doing the first season. That's what I read when the show came out. It's a weird storyline, too. It's interesting because it's sort of, I mean, it's hard to not to watch this show and not think of Matt Lauer, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Matt Lauer completely disappeared. And you wondered, well, what's Matt Lauer doing? We're kind of seeing what the Steve Carell character is doing with his life. And we never really see what happens to people after they're canceled. So I think that part of it's interesting. I agree with you. And seeing the character, I think he was in some place in Europe and having someone walk up to him and confront him. You never really see that happen, right? But I tell you what, my chances are my best. I'm thinking that Matt is probably somewhere working on something and he's probably going to reemerge at a later date. But speaking of those parallels, it's interesting that Katie's book, Katie Kurtz's book is coming out, right? Yeah. And re uh, Jennifer Aniston's character is writing a book and she's sort of drawing a blank when it comes to writing to her experience with Steve Carell's character. So those parallels are always interesting. But what I loved is at the beginning of season two, I think it was like the first two or three episodes when they were talking about, hey, have you heard of this thing called the novel coronavirus? Yeah. And it was just some yeah. kind of flipping thing. And you go back and you're like, dang, I was like that too. I didn't take it seriously. So it's almost like reliving that, that whole thing. I like how they merge real life events with what's going on, but still add like a fictionalized element to it. Yeah. It actually starts on New Year's Eve 2020. So we know what a terrible year it was. Um, and oh. they're about to experience what we all went through, which is, Totally fast. I think that show just nails it. Um, have you ever watched a show called Goliath? I've heard about Goliath with Billy Bob Thornton, right? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And it is in its final season. And I love what he said about sort of ending the show, that you got to end the show on a high note. And also he said, you know what? I'm not necessarily closing the door on my show because that show represents who I am. Yep. It's just, <laughs> I'm now moving on to this next phase of my life. So it's another one that's on Amazon Prime. And I commend the cast and the crew for knowing when to walk away from a show that is a cult favorite that people are ranting and raving about is that you don't always have to stay on for 10 or 15 seasons, right? Yeah, Sue, I think it's the best show on TV that nobody really knows about. I, I, it's terrific. And this season, they introduced some style of storytelling and just aesthetically, the way they shot certain things. It's like it's like a really noir feeling. They yeah. San Francisco, yeah. it's raining all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love the Patty character. She, oh, um, so great. Nina Arianda. Oh, God. She's she phenomenal. played on Broadway. She played uh, Judy Holiday in Born Yesterday. Oh, that makes sense. Which you can totally see, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mako, have you watched the other two? Yes, and I absolutely love it. You always, by the way, I, I hope I'm not dating myself. I'm a really big Justin Bieber fan. I'm not quite his demo graphic, 
but I resonate you're, by the way, you're music. closer, you're closer to his demo than we are. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> but listen, there's no age in terms of loving music. And that's kind of the thing that you see with the other two, right? There's no age in chasing your dreams. And so it really tells the story of this kid who's like a Justin Bieber-esque, right? And has these two other siblings that are not quite as successful as he is, right? But then things take a turn in season two. Um, so it really is interesting. And I really love how funny it is. Like, yes. it's a really well-written, funny show. Like, every single, not every single scene, but every single episode, you will chuckle. It's funny and it's dirty. Yeah, it is dirty. <laughs> yeah. And it's got it's all so the real. And it's got all the gay all the gay jokes in it, which I totally dig and totally fall for. <laughs> and I love there's weird stuff in there like the the Bieber character. Well, he can't mm-hmm. sing. And so they decide that no, he's it he can't sing because it'll ruin the whole thing. He's a singer that doesn't <laughs> sing. Um, and because he went on an award show and was absolutely bombed. So they're kind of faking the whole thing. And then Molly Shannon is so funny on that show she's as incredible. that cheesy daytime talk show host. Um, it's If you've not seen it, it's on HBO Max and it is great. What what I love about it too, it's just this, such a statement of, of what life is, you know? It's like, how many yeah. times have I seen someone who's like a, a YouTube, you know, sensation or someone who's got a TikTok, you know, presence? And I'm like, who are they? And they're not really that great. But all of a sudden, they just blow up. I mean, just the idea that he could do one thing, and he's like a major <laughs> superstar now. But that's really how it, it it goes with some people. So, And not just them, but their family as well. That amount of massive success and fame, what effects does it have? Now, this has a comedic tone to it. But you can definitely resonate with the other characters. Not all of us are going to be Justin Bieber in life, right? Right. But we can resonate with trying to sort of reach to the levels of our siblings, our family members, and not ever quite fill those shoes. But it's a, it's a very, very funny show. Have you guys watched the other um, Hacks on also HBO? Oh, That's also another. yes. What is That's it? a good one. Hacks. Hacks. Oh, Hacks is great. Gene Smart is so good on that show. And Hannah Einbinder, who... Uh, Sue, you told me is Lorraine Newman's daughter, right? It, she is. Yeah. Wow. So good. And Gene Smart is fan. That's like role of a lifetime kind of stuff for Gene Smart, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the reasons I started watching it. Of course, the Emmys kind of get me up to speed. Am I on the right track with what I should be watching? And so when I saw her win, not for Mayor of Easttown, where I thought it was just going to be a sweep across the board. Yep. But for Hacks, I had to start watching. And it was so funny. So in this day and age where I'm still working from home, sometimes I need a little bit of escapism. The other two, Hacks, The Morning Show, Ted Lasso, they just kind of keep me going. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. are great shows. What about I, Succession? Know- are you on Succession? I'm on Succession, but I have to be honest, Steve. And Sue, it is a little bit of a slow burn. Okay? They make you work for this there's not always like a big climax at at the end of each episode so i'm not all the way caught up i'm at the end of season one and i'm slowly starting to build up but man they make you work and it's it's really interesting the way that it's written though um in terms of the way the writers really develop the characters it's well well written what do you guys think of it Oh, I I love it. I I think it's I, I just like what you said. I think the writing is great. The acting is great. 
Um, Kieran Culkin is. Oh, he's so yes. good. He, you know, we, we've talked about him before. Um, and cause we've had, um, what's his name on the show? Um, uh, Alan Ruck. Alan, Alan Ruck. And the thing about Kieran Culkin that I just think is so brilliant is, mm-hmm. and, and just as actors in general, when, when they're not speaking, but the camera is on them and how they're just so locked in, like his, his asides and expressions when he doesn't have dialogue, he is, he's brilliant. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's so snarky too. Yeah. He's so snarky. And, uh, Again, shoot, you haven't watched this since, so I don't want to spoil it, but... No, no, spoil it, spoil it. It's, it's one of those that, kind of like Game of Thrones, it's one that I'll be watching over years. Because it really is that kind of slow... It, there's not a lot of drama in it for me, you know? Right, like, right. Like, a couple of episodes, you have to catch up to it. So, uh, Brian Cox, at the end of season two, his son, Kendall, turns on him. And so it looks like season three is going to be all about him versus his kids. Is that what you think, Sue? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's so well written. Um, and I love those characters so much. For me, that's my favorite show on TV right now. I mean, of all the shows that are on, I rank that above everything else. Sue, what about you? Um, I don't know if it was my favorite. I, 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 I think that the other two right now is my favorite show. the funniest show. one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll see what Squid Games uh, does. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm only one in, so... Okay, so there was a misguided version of the movie Dune in 1984. I remember seeing it. Right. It was David Lynch directed it. Um, and they're mm-hmm. trying it again with, and I apologize if I don't get his name right, Dennis Villanueva, uh, or Villanueva, uh, who did Arrival, which was a great film nominated for Best Picture. Um, there's a ton of buzz on this one. Timothy Chalamet mm-hmm. and Oscar Isaac and all these guys. What, what are you hearing about it, Mako? Zendaya, how could we forget about that? That's one? right. Although, although she has a very small role, it's not quite as big as Timothy Chalamet, but it, I'm also hearing a lot of Oscar buzz. I mean, first of all, when you look at the trailer, the way it is shot, the cinematography takes your breath away. So I can't wait to see it. And I really love what people are saying about how Timothy sort of infuses his, his himself into this world. If you think about it, he... Is there's Aquaman who's in there, Jason Momoa, who's yep. kind of like this big guy, right? But Timothy, uh, Timothy's not quite that big. He's like, um, you know, he's a, a man of a small stature in terms of his frame, but the fragility that he brings to the role, but yes, yet still sort of honoring this role that he plays as this leader to these people. There's like a dualness that's in there that makes him perfect for this. And when I saw the trailer, Steve, I'm not even kidding. I literally ran from my bedroom and came into the living room and told my husband, we have to watch this when it comes out on HBO Max. I wrote it down in my calendar. I am so excited to see it. Like, I literally got goosebumps watching the trailer. Sue, are you in on sci-fi stuff? I'm not a big sci-fi person, so it didn't it didn't excite me that much. <gasps> but but seeing the trailer, I mean, aesthetically, it it shot amazing. Um, it's just not my, it's not really my kind of, um, show, uh, movie. Okay. Have, have you guys seen Coda, the movie Coda? I have. Oh, I mean, another one that's a tearjerker, right? Now, Steve, I know you said that this was your favorite, favorite movie. And I just love movies that like give people that are not often, often given a spotlight in society that you give them a chance to shine, but I'll let you take it away. So loved it. here's the th- one of the reasons I love this movie is 
the the lead actress who is just a has a beautiful voice, Amelia Jones. Uh, the yeah. songs they selected, both sides now. The uh, the the great uh, Joni Mitchell song um, is so powerful. I think and. I also love this. The name of the movie is CODA. CODA stands for Children of Deaf Adults. But it's also the end. A CODA is the end of a piece of music. So I thought the double sort of nature mm-hmm. of that word is one of the reasons that I really, really love. It's my favorite movie this year. And there's a lot of buzz about that movie. That young lady who portrays sort of the main character that we love and follow in the movie. People are saying that she's such a star. And of course, the entire cast. I love that they didn't try to find actors who aren't deaf to portray deaf actors. Like yeah. That representation, it matters so much. And what you say about the music is so right. When you hear Joni Mitchell, when you hear the Motown records, the Marvin Gaye, and how they weave themselves into the storyline. Like there's one scene when the father character is in the theater and he's watching his daughter perform, you don't hear what she's singing. You actually just see based on everyone else around him, what he's hearing. And that type of stuff just, it, it, oh my gosh, it, it, it gets at your heart. You know, it's just so beautiful in the way that they did it. Sue, so what did yeah, you I, think? It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't my favorite movie. Um, I, I thought she was amazing. And Mako, just what you were saying about that particular scene, um, that to me really resonated, um, how yeah. it was just quiet, you know? Why didn't that w- movie work bigger for you, Sue? I, you know, there was something about it that just... I, I, I just didn't, I'm, I'm trying to even put my finger on it. It just didn't. Do you, are, do you have like a heart of stone? Is that part of it? <laughs> the story, you know, the story, you know, it, 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 there were parts of it that just kind of felt like it was at times a little too TV movie-ish for me. Uh, interesting. interesting. I just, uh, I just didn't think, um, I don't know. I, I, it, it just wasn't my favorite. Um, well, also not your favorite. It's going to be Halloween. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is back. Nobody can kill Michael Myers. <laughs> Nobody can kill the Halloween franchise. Um, and I, this one I will watch because there's some sort of reminiscing that goes on because I grew up on Michael Myers. The interesting thing is this is going to be in theaters and stream on Peacock. At the same time, you mentioned you want to watch Dune on HBO Max. Um, this is this whole thing. I used to own movie theaters. This whole thing is really bad for movie theaters streaming these movies. I think, don't you? Um, I don't think so. I'll, there's some movies, and I'll be honest. Uh, let's backtrack a little bit. Since the pandemic has hit, since the last time we had our conversation, I still haven't stepped foot in a movie theater. And they've been some movies as an over 30 person that I've wanted to see, like the Tammy Faye Baker movie. I'm dying to see that. I grew up in the time of Tammy Faye, but I'm not comfortable going into a movie theater. I still love the idea of watching it on the small screen and watching it at home. So when you have those dual releases, that really excites me. I'm still a little nervous of going in. Me too. I I haven't been to a theater yet either. And I want to see No Time to Die. No, oh, no time to die is great. I want to see great. it, and I want to see it in a theater. But I, I just won't heard- spoil. I won't spoil anything on that one. But it's got a really surprise ending, a really oh. surprise twist. Okay, um, and I love the fact great. that Phoebe Waller um, 
Uh, bridge. bridge. What's her Waller? Bridge yeah. Yeah. Waller Bridge. Yeah, Waller Bridge. I always get the middle and last name um, mixed up. <laughs> it's like Tim Blake Nelson or Tim, Tim Nate Nelson Blank Blake. Um, uh, I love the fact that she came in and um, and did some um, additions yeah. to it. And 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 being um, a Fleabag fan, Steve, when you watched the movie, um, do you did you see a lo- some of her? And contribution in there's there, would you? Little, there's a little kind of snarkiness in the relationships. You can see that her fingerprints are on the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, on going to movie theaters, I know, I mean, yeah. I, I used to own them. Um, movies are a huge part of my life. I've probably seen, even despite the pandemic, I've probably seen 50 movies in theaters this year. I just wow. think that's how they're supposed to be seen. Um, and I go, I specifically go to my theater, which is called the landmark, uh, on the West side of Los Angeles. And I look at the theater when I'm buying tickets and I make sure it's not too full. So I try to go to mm-hmm. showings that aren't too full just to kind of protect, protect myself. But I'm not afraid of, uh, of going to the movies, uh, especially I've got my two shots. I'm about to get my booster. Everybody's going to get their yeah. booster, right? Sue, do yeah. you qualify for your booster? Well, that you know, they were saying people over sixty-five. Yeah, you have to be over sixty-five, but that obviously isn't true if you're getting your booster. Well, I'm 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 going to skulk around the uh, pharmacy and hope they've got some leftovers. That's how <laughs> I have, got my original do, shot. Do you, do you have Do you have like a fake ID? <laughs> yeah, fake ID exactly. <laughs> Don't um, admit to that. Don't admit to that. <laughs> so I I want to kind of finish by talking about the three, actually four big movies that will potentially be Oscar movies this year. One is called Belfast, which is written and directed by Kenneth Branagh. It looks great. What do you think, Bako? I agree with you. And I have to tell you, after watching the trailer, everyone's talking about, you know, sort of the lead actors and lead actresses. I think Dame Judi Dench is in the trailer as well. The little boy steals the movie for me. He was handpicked out of 300 kids. He's this small little kid, you know, from that area. And I just really, really... Think the trailer looks amazing. I think it's one again. It's going to be one of the strong contenders, and it'll be interesting to see if the little boy. I think I'm going to get his name here. If he's going to be nominated for an Oscar, because that would make him the second youngest person to ever be nominated in that category. Interesting. But it also tells a really great story. I'll be honest. I didn't know much about the turmoil that was happening in Belfast in the 60s. So this is also another historical movie that educates the masses but also entertains at the same time two thumbs up i uh i watched the trailer today i I, it it actually gave me the chills watching the trailer and i love that it was shot in black and white oh yeah and i also love that the whole story to mccoe's point is told through the eyes of that little boy Mm. um and i hear you know jamie dorner and i hear is fantastic i've always loved him as now i always thought he'd get a bad rap because he was in the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, which were so (laughs) cheesy, I think. Um, But he's a really great actor. You mentioned Judi Dench. Uh, Sarah Hines is in it. Who he's getting a lot of buzz. So uh, yeah, that's that's definitely on the list. The Power of the Dog is directed by Jane Campion, and uh, she was the same director writer that did The Pianist. And uh, I think um, I'm trying to blank. I'm blanking on her name. The young actress. Who was nominated? Who won Best Supporting Actress? Uh, help me! I'll look Let it up while get, you guys talk I'll about the movie. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that I saw the trailer, and I have to be honest, it really didn't pull me or, or kind of lure me in. 
it could be that I need to see maybe an extended version of the trailer, but it's, it was one of the ones that I was just was like, ah, I think I it's, need to see more. It's Anna Paquin. That's the name of the Oh, actress. Anna Paquin, right. She was piano, a little girl right. when she won Best Supporting Actress for that for the piano. Right. Um, Jane Campion is a, is a great, great director, Australian director. She's, mm-hmm. She does beautiful work. Um, it looks like it's got a a, a bit of broke back uh, mountain. <laughs> it does. It's it. a western. It's, yeah, it's it's got it's got something going on there. And then the, go but, ahead. But but just real quick, I I I read that it was based on a book, and I would love to read the book before I see the film because that's that's probably one book that's amazing. See, I don't like reading the book before I see the movie. Oh God, I do. I love it. I like. I reading love the it book. because you know, I'll tell you why I do because I have a certain vision in my head of who these characters are, how do they look, how they mm. just, and I, and I, and, and so when I see the movie, it's like, Oh God, they really got that right on, you know? Cause they always say, you know, you know, it's a proverbial, you know, the book is always better. The book than is the always movie. better than the movie. Cause yeah. sometimes it's just, it's hard to adapt a book, you know, and be accurate. Um, but I, I, I always like to read the book first. So that you're going to have to read Dune as well, because that's also adapted from a oh, book right. and there's part, part one. And at the end, for what I hear, there's the, the writer or the director says that this is part one. So there's perhaps part two that's going to come. So a lot of these are based on books, just like the, the Serena and Venus's dad. King Richard is also based on a book as well. Mm. Yeah. And I, of course, grew up, uh, grew up. I, I've been in L.A. doing sports for 35 years. So I knew uh, of Richard Williams uh, long before Serena and Venus became, you know, the greatest tennis players in the world. Serena, definitely the greatest tennis player in history. And this looks like the perfect opportunity for Will Smith to win best actor. Absolutely. Oh, I, I agree with you. The trailer looks remarkable. It looks amazing. It's, you still see Will Smith, right? Cause you'll never get away from the superstardom and the big light that is Will Smith. But the mannerisms to which he adapted to being Richard Williams is really incredible. And you know what's interesting? Both Will and the director, Marcus Green, have not met Serena and Venus's father, right? They have not met Richard, not at all. So, but the executive producers of the film are uh, are Venus and Serena. So they have some input. So they really were helping them tell the most authentic story and not create drama just for the sense of having drama, but it's, it's interesting how he portrays him without ever even having speakers. Yeah. That's fascinating. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and I wonder how accurate it's being that, the, that, that, that the two women were involved in it because in the trailer, it was a great piece of, um, there was just a great line from, from the father where he says the most dangerous creature on this earth is a woman who know how to think. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm wondering if he actually did say that. <laughs> Well, if Venus and Serena are the executive producers, you'd think that probably is a real line, a real line. You don't know. Uh, Last one, West Side Story. So this is Steven Spielberg. Um, Ansel Elgort is playing Tony. Rachel Zegler is playing Maria. Um, I, this is for me. I think it looks too old fashioned for me. What do you guys think? For me, I, it's so hard because I'm so attached to the original film. I, growing up, I must have seen that movie like 20 times. I was like, had the biggest girl crush on Natalie Wood. Um, everybody in it was so phenomenal. The music and dancing and just, so it's, it's a, it's a tough one to see that they're doing a remake of it. 
I am so excited. Oh my gosh. First of all, Steven Spielberg is involved. So anything that Steven Spielberg does, I'm all the way in. But I'll tell you what I really love the most about it. So in the original one, it really didn't capture or center the Latin actors and actresses. This is a chance to retell the story and retell it from their perspective and make it like a bigger mm. story. Mm. And we're also creating, right? And we're also sort of starting to see new stars. Like, I'll be honest, I didn't know about Rachel Zegler, right, before this. So this is a great opportunity to highlight um, some Latinx actors. And it's nice to see Rita Moreno is also involved in yeah. it as well. Yeah. I heard she really didn't want to be involved until Steven Spielberg had to get her on the phone and be like, listen, we wrote a role specifically for you. So that's a nice little way to tie that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think I will see it. Make no mistake. I will see it. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be my, I actually didn't love the original film. Hmm. So, and this looks like it's going to be very true to the original movie, at least from, from the trailer, it looks like it. Hmm. So we, we will, we will find out. I think those four movies, I kind of handpicked them Belfast, power of the dog, King Richard and West side story. I think those are like four of the really big Oscar contenders for, for this year. And I love award season. I, I got, uh, <laughs> I got the, uh, you know, there's, there are certain genes that you get as, I mean, I work in sports, but I got yeah. the awards uh, show gene as a gay guy. A lot of gay guys have the awards <laughs> show gene. I, I have that. Speaking of sports, this is like my Super Bowl. Like the fashion for me with the award shows, I share that love. And I, I'll go back and watch the, the movies and the TV shows that are critically acclaimed. And nine times out of ten, it's worth the watch. So I'm also obsessed. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, uh, Mako, this has been great. <gasps> we're done we're oh, done gosh, no, do you have anything no. else you want to do you have yeah, anything, is there anything, else anything that you want to talk about that's around yeah. okay really quickly i want to talk about the final sort of end of insecure that is one of my favorite tv shows another one that is on hbo and i can't wait to see how those characters sort of close this chapter and just how Issa ray has written this amazing series that's kept us enthralled over the years um, it's going to be really special to see that kind of close out. Cool. Cool. I, I'm sorry to say I didn't watch Insecure. Sue, did you? I, you know, I've never watched it and I don't know why I've never watched it because so many people have told yeah, me. Yeah, it's supposed it to be great. It's <laughs> yeah. supposed to be great. So uh, on your recommendation, a, there's McCall, another one that we it. should okay. go binge. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. McCall, awesome to have you again. We we really appreciate it. You're always fun. And uh, I <laughs> will have you back for our winter preview. Okay. I can't wait. Let's do it. I'm so excited. Thank you guys for having me on. I love Mako. She's like our, our entertainment expert. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she's ours. Now you're not going to watch Dune. You're not even going to give it a shot. Um, it's, it's not high on my list. I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm never going to see it. Um, I could say that I'll see it before I see, well, I, I can't believe I'm blanking on it because you tease me all the time that I never watched it. Uh, Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'll see it before I see Game of Thrones. God, you so missed the boat on Game of Thrones. You yeah. so missed. You know, the thing about Game of Thrones that's interesting is there are very few times where there's a show that everybody is watching at exactly the same time. So everybody I knew had caught up on Game of Thrones and we all watched the finale together. And then Monday, we could talk about the finale. It was the same thing with Breaking Bad. Monday, we could talk about the finale. 
We don't have shows like that anymore. It's so not in my hemisphere that I even forgot the name of it. You have in your own hemisphere. I do. It's just, it's just, it's just something that doesn't really interest me. You know, uh, John Ireland, who I work with on the radio, always said, "I do not, I don't watch anything with dragons. I don't watch anything with deep." Watched it, fell in love with it. Really, fell in love with it. Yeah, you should give it a shot. All right. Well, when I have the time. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) When you have the time. (laughs) All right. uh, Well, you know who makes the show possible every single time we do it, Sue. Our good friend Jacob and Ronnie. That is correct, and. I was watching on TV. I saw Jacob do a commercial with uh, LAFC. He's now the official uh, law firm of LAFC, official law firm of the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, he's a sports fan. He's a dad. He coaches his kids in soccer. He coaches his kids in basketball. Um, So he's a regular guy. But he also has, as Liam Neeson would say, a unique set of skills If you are involved in any kind of accident, motorcycle accident, car accident, maybe it's you, maybe it's your kid, maybe it's your wife, uh, you want somebody who has been doing this for 24 years. You want some, let's let's face it, you want maximum compensation, right? You want to make sure you get to the doctor. You want to make sure somebody handles the insurance company. And at the end of the day, you want maximum compensation. And Jacob and Ronnie can do that for you. So remember the number, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. 844-24-JACOB, or remember the catchy jingle, accident or injury. Call Jacob and Ronnie. Call Call Jacob. Jacob. Pretty good. I think we're getting better at this. We're getting better at this. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm in a great mood with the Dodgers in the playoffs. I'm in a great mood. All right. It's a good way to kick off the weekend. Absolutely. Um, Hey, Sue, fun as always. I want to let everybody know if you are listening right now on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe. Also, make sure to leave us a rating and a review. Our ratings, by the way, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good, as Larry David would say. So leave us a rating, leave us a review. We appreciate that a lot. Hey, Sue, that was fun. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And we will see everybody next time. Oh, I want to thank Milos. Yeah. Uh, our uh, sound engineer. Thank you, Milos, for uh, for tuning up every single one of our podcasts. We appreciate that. We'll see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast. <laughs>